One more thing. No Gallagher. You said you didn't want him anyway. It was all part of the master plan, wasn't it? Good, I'm good, man. I'm just looking forward to Monday, I should say. What was happening Monday? Oh, Wait. yeah, of course. I know. Yeah, they're saving the best for last again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, that's right. So, yeah, just in case you didn't know, Game Week 2 is just finished. Game Week 3 is about to start. Uh, we will run our eyes over Manchester United versus Liverpool. But before we get into all that, first things first, if you're listening on YouTube, hit subscribe, please hit like and uh, help us out and tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your (laughs) grandparents, tell everyone. Yeah. yeah, And just just get the word out. Okay, now that's done. Shall we have a look at how we did in game week two? Yeah, so game week two was a much better game week for me than game week one. Although I did get punished, you know, I said it to myself, I was like, take Kane out, you know, you get punished and he returned. But he didn't have a great game, I'll be honest with you. But hey-ho, did the swap, came for Holland. Holland got the assist, even though he only got, what, two touches or so in the game? Um, And Kane got the final winning goal. That was a brilliant game, by the way. Yeah. Um, Perisic left on my bench, who got the assist, so... I finished with 72 points. I can't complain, but I could have got a bit more. No. Yeah, it looks like it went fairly well for you. And uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six people delivering and, and Trent with a cheeky bonus point. Um, yeah. That's that's decent enough. And yeah, I wasn't too far off myself with uh, 71 points. And 
to be honest, for most of the weekend, um, I was doing all that great. And when it came up to Monday, I was on like 58 points or something. And I was actually looking at quite a big red arrow. So I I thought, yeah, Liverpool need to do something. And I thought, I don't mind if they all smash it, even though I I captained Haaland instead of Salah. And it was actually Luis Diaz who saved my game week. Because even like as the game wore on, I was still on a red arrow and then he scored and then he got the three bonus and and that actually put me on a green one. So I'm very happy about that. Just 71 points and 73 points. It's a good start to the season and uh, we'll see how it goes on from there. Okay, then. So as you said... Manchester United play Liverpool on Monday and um, <laughs> it's it, you know it's funny you may recall me saying before the season actually started who's got yeah. the better opening start to the season and mm-hmm. I listed a few teams and Man City were in there and Liverpool was in there and yeah. uh, I said well it's Man City obviously because Liverpool have got to go to Old Trafford in game week three Whereas Man City, you know, after they play uh, West Ham, they don't really play anyone else who finished in the top six for another four or five game weeks. And now I'm starting to wonder whether Manchester United Old Trafford really is all that difficult a game. Do you know what? United are at home, right? And United always tend to try even harder, especially against Liverpool, especially Mm. at home. But last season, they didn't win any of their games against us, if I'm not no. mistaken. No, so, they do, didn't. I, I think they shipped a total of nine goals to Liverpool. Yeah, 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 nine. Yeah, that's correct. So <laughs> I do fancy our chances against them. But then again, we're not really firing as we usually do. So, it, it, you know, I wouldn't get too yeah. Well... <laughs> I mean, first first of all, some people are saying that the game might not even go ahead because the Manchester United fans are planning a big protest and I think the idea is to disrupt it like they did last season. But I think it will because everybody knows about that now and I don't think the authorities will be caught short like they were last season. And yeah. uh, and I don't think anybody wants any games to be postponed because they've got so much to fit in before the World Cup. It'd be a disaster, yeah. wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, it would be. Yeah, when else would they play it if it didn't yeah, go yeah. ahead on Monday? It would it'd be impossible to fit in because, like, when Europe kicks in, it's going to be like two games a week up until the World Cup, basically, for all the teams which are in Europe. So that that's my my thoughts. I I I'm pretty certain the game will go ahead. I I wouldn't be too down on Liverpool. You know, I I think the the first two games of the season, I don't think they really indicative of how Liverpool. Are. Let, let's not forget that. Pre-season had its moments, but the Charity Shield, or Community Shield rather, I should say, I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the Community Shield just reminded us of uh, how attacking Liverpool are and how scary they are for most teams. Yeah, I mean, the, the Fulham game was, I mean, they would have won that game if it hadn't been for a penalty. And the Crystal Palace game, they got somebody sent off. And to be fair to Nunez, he's probably the most dangerous player on the pitch until he actually did get sent off. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I appreciate that the midfield is not how it usually is at the moment, is it? Yeah, it's not. And I think, to be fair, with 
Mane leaving mm. with Diaz being more of a critical part of the team now and we saw that from the last game mm. and with him trying to ease Nunez in as well they are going to be still fairly kind of you know like gelling together but I still expect them to be at a better pace than they currently are I think it's a bit of a slow start to Liverpool hopefully this is the game that really wakes up the sleeping giant that is Liverpool so we'll see what happens yeah I mean they they need the three points although we said that about the Crystal Palace game (laughs) they definitely need them now let's focus on Manchester United um, because all the signs are pointing to them not doing very well in this game I think the biggest Uh sign for me is Ten Hag now Ten Hag apparently is a disciplinarian and he's mm. also stubborn yeah and the fact that he's stubborn indicates to me like that people are jumping up and down they're screaming their heads off at the moment saying man united can't pass from the back De Gea can't pass from the back all right what are you doing but he'll be like nope that's my philosophy and we are going to stick to it and uh where have you heard that before i think a guy called louis van Gaal. anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'll tell you what though just on a tangent, right? There was a whole like art, one article. There was a bit of commentary going around about Dean Henderson and you know his place when he was at Manchester United and him talking about he should have been number one choice. But, um, Nottingham Forest, Dean Henderson was man, for me was man of the match in their last game and that penalty save he did also was amazing. Yeah, and then the hair was the villain of the match when they yes. played against Brentford. So for me, just one of those things now, you start looking closely at the team and you're thinking, are people really as good as they appear to be? That's the question. <laughs> it's a, he, De Gea was excruciating. I mean, the thing is, there are lots of managers who want their team to play out from the back. And we've seen that it, sometimes it takes teams a long time to get used to it. Yeah. it took Man City a while, took Arsenal ages, and yeah, it pretty much say. cost Emery his job, didn't it? And yeah. uh, and um, when you start cold, it is going to take a while. It may be a case that the players aren't good enough. De Gea certainly sounds like he, he can't cope with it. I, I'm not sure about the rest. Uh, apparently, Maguire was a ball-playing centre-back, but I, I, I don't know what he does these days. Now, the thing about managers is that they have to be stubborn because they have to be the boss. They're going to be come up against egos in the dressing room all the time, and they need to stamp their authority. If they keep being flexible and they keep changing their minds on things, the players are going to take advantage. And so for that reason, I think Ten Hag is going to persevere with playing out from the back. And that's just something that Liverpool love. They're built for that, aren't they? They they know how to press. They know when one goes, one comes back, one goes, one comes back, or two, you go, I chase, um, I, I hold back, waiting for that pass to intercept it, or we both go, they know exactly how to deal with teams that like to pass from the back, play from yeah. the back. Plus, they'll be targeting De Gea. And yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of Gagan presence. So I'm worried. On the other hand, Ten Hag can't be completely deaf and blind. And he must know that the last thing Manchester United fans want is to lose to Liverpool again. And not just yeah. lose them, to get thrashed by them. At the moment, Manchester United are bottom of the defensive stats, or pretty much near the bottom. I mean... Some people might say that the Brentford game might have flattered Brentford a little bit, but they were just letting Brentford come at their goal too much and they let Brighton come at their goal too much. And things might improve, but 
they'll, they'll improve against you know teams outside of the top six. But expecting an improvement against Liverpool for for, for that reason. Unless Ten Hag just plays it safe and says to his team, "Look, you just got to kick it long, yeah, or else we're going to get a battering." And then after that, we'll learn how to play from the back. I don't really see him doing that. I mean, do you think he's going to play it safe because of what's at stake? Um, (laughs) I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to try and prove a point. To be fair. Oh gosh. Um, Sorry, say that again. Question for you. Yeah. Okay. do you see Ronaldo being involved in that game? And do you see him playing a, a big part in it at all? Oh, gosh. That's another thing because it comes down... I think a lot of it comes down to Ten Hag's stubbornness. And, and Ten Hag said, no, we, we want Ronaldo to stay. He's part of my plans. But on the other hand, a lot of people wonder whether Ronaldo presses enough for Ten Hag. For me, the jury's still out on that. You know, Ronaldo's a fit guy. He runs a lot. He's played all over Europe. I think he knows how to press. But anyway, on the other hand, um, some people have pointed out Ronaldo splitting the dressing room. And that's just as bad for a manager as showing signs of weaknesses. And sometimes you just have to get rid of the source of the the conflict. So do I think Ronaldo's going to play? I've got to be honest with you. I think he probably will because they don't really have a centre forward at the moment. And he's going to need one if he's going to win this game, which, let's face it, he should be trying to do. So, I mean, again, it will depend on how stubborn Ten Hag really is willing to be because he might change his mind and said, look, I've had enough of this guy. I'm getting rid of him and he's not going to play. The third thing is that it's a horrible problem for Manchester United to have because nobody can afford Ronaldo. He yeah. doesn't want to play for you. You don't want to play him and nobody yeah. else can afford to take him off your hands. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be paying that guy, who some people say is of one of the greatest plays you've ever had, to sit on your bench or sit in the reserves doing nothing it's just preposterous <laughs> how did they let themselves get into this situation yeah, my god cool. i never saw it coming i never saw it coming you're all about to witness a monumental throwdown all right who's your um player picks for this coming week okay it's it's really tough because um there's some good looking players but it's whether they're going to get the minutes uh, which is uh, making it difficult. I, I've, I've got to go with uh, Salah because, I mean, the guy's been looking good and he just, doing, he just does what he does and you yeah. just can't bet against him or that Liverpool team. And okay. Man United don't really pose him any kind of problems, do they? I don't think he's ever had much difficulty against them the entire time he's been in the Premier League for Liverpool. I am going to the next two pip picks are a little bit wobbly because I've got my eye on both of them. Number one is Kukurea. I am very interested in him. And, uh, is he I mean, nailed? Sorry? Is he nailed? Is he nailed? I think he is uh, yeah. because Tuchel says that he can play in the back three or he can play as a wing back and Chilwell isn't quite ready. If Tuchel plays Chilwell, I think Kukurea will be in the back three. And if he doesn't play Chilwell, he'll be a wing back. Now, in the back three, he's not likely to be as attacking as he would be on the wing. But 
Uh, he still takes some set pieces. We still might see him getting forward and Chelsea might still keep clean sheets. And then the other yeah. person that I've also kind of half got my eye on is Perisic. And yeah. again, <laughs> I know what you're going to ask me, is he nailed? And I think the answer to that is not really. Because what Conte's been saying is that the kind of noises Conte's been making is that he wants to keep going with the players that he's already had because they know what he wants and they know his system and they know how he wants to play. And then he wants to ease in the new signings. So that indicates to me that if Perisic starts, he'll get taken off. Or if somebody else just starts, then, then Perisic will come in for him. But yeah. Spurs have got some fantastic fixtures. Perisic is a demon. He's in the game as a defender, which is ridiculous. Because to me, I know, I've always right? thought of him as a winger, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so no. Good, those good are my picks. So Salah, uh, Perisic, Kukurea. So I'd probably say my first pick. And I've always had my eye on this guy since the start of the season. Not many people picked him, but I had faith. And he's rewarded me generously. Um, Maddie, mm. um, Madison, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing for for me as a pick. Got an assist in his first game week, and got a well-deserved goal in the second game week. And now he's coming up against the Southampton side, who are doing okay. You know, they're not doing terribly, but Leicester are at home, and you know they 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 do play well at home. So. Yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing some more returns from him. Hopefully, this weekend. Yeah. So he's my first pick. Now my second pick is a no-brainer for me, and I think everyone's got this guy most high high ownership in the season so far. So mm-hmm. that's a boost. Yeah, yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's a bit of a no-brainer. I don't need to go into the details why, but that's my mm. second pick. Yeah. And now my last pick. This is a tricky one for me because this team, they've been a bit up and down personally. And when I say up and down, I mean they, they should have really won their last game, but they didn't. Uh. But quite liking the idea of Kai Havertz against Chelsea. Interesting. Um, against Interesting. Chelsea against Leeds. Now, Havertz was key when they were playing Tottenham. He won so many balls. He got in so many positions. And previously, I would have said Mount, right? Yeah. Leeds, he conceded a lot. I would yeah. have said Mount, but Mount, when I watched him playing against Tottenham, he had so many opportunities that he he skied the ball. He just he didn't have a shooting boot on. I don't know if you watched the game. I watched most of it. He didn't look all that good to me. Yeah, he got in some good positions, but he missed so many sitters. And I just yeah. don't think he's the guy. Like Harvets had, had like one or two misses, but he was he looked much sharper than Mount. So for me, my final pick is Kai Harvets. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. Although with the way a lot of teams are big at the back and I'm probably going to go big, big at the back this week do we have space for more forwards some people might have to dump uh, dump Jesus or Kane or Haaland just to get him in so um, yeah, yeah it makes things difficult but no that's a good roundup. is there anything else you want to add before we wind down um, no nothing for me okay Yep, so I'm going to say it again. Like and subscribe. Subscribe and like. You know you want to do it, really. It's a good feeling, trust me. And also hit us up on Twitter, at FPL underscore bros. All that good stuff, all our discussions, and all our FPL chat is on there as well. So, yep, yep, 
that that's it from me thank you very much for joining me tonight derek i appreciate it no worries yeah and yeah i'm just i'm just gonna say green hours around everyone and goodbye from me peace for me guys <laughs>